0: We are never above a shameless plug here in the fast lane, including starting things off on a scorching Friday afternoon, but we do that because the Pac-12 is in the process of being rated, you could say, and we did an insane InsaneRadioDeals.com fast take on this a couple of days ago about Colorado leaving the Pac-12 to go back to the Big 12, even though it looks a lot different with no Texas A&M, Missouri, Oklahoma, or Texas, or Nebraska for that matter, Uh, but... The fact that it's kind of the checks in the mail syndrome. You know, the person you're trying to get money from, and they always have an excuse of why the money never appears, and then you just realize the money's not going to appear. Or the employee who always has an excuse of why they can't get something done, and then you realize they're just not going to get it done, and you've got to cut bait. And that's where Colorado was from that business sense. But the other part to this is the ACC angle, because the stories have come out recently. Over the last 48 hours, of course, uh, it has to be an ACC football kickoff with a realignment topic swirling, Third straight year of that. Last year it was USC and UCLA just having recently announced their intention to go to the Big Ten. And two years ago at the ACC football kickoff, it broke that Texas and Oklahoma would head to the SEC. But with that news as well, has also come out with this other part. Yahoo Sports was the first to break it. Uh, The idea that a group of name, image, and likeness collectives. And yes, if you're unfamiliar with the concept, you, you shouldn't be because... Virginia, Virginia Tech, and Liberty all have collectives in some form. It's basically a group of fans who donate to the collective and that money gets distributed to, pay, to players. It's not supposed to be pay-for-play, but in a lot of cases, it is essentially pay-for-play. And Yahoo has a, a, an exclusive discussing that the NIL collectives released an athlete revenue sharing plan, including incorporating TV money. And here's where it gets real spicy and significant. Two fronts to this. One is that these collectives have reportedly met with the SEC as an office. Hmm, Nothing to see there from a conference that most people speculate everyone's on a payroll in some form and have been for a while. Now it's just above board, but also meeting with NCAA officials about the current model of how NIL works, how student athletes are being compensated, and it leads us to A couple of really fascinating chats that we're going to be dropping over the next couple of days when I'm out, Trey will be hosting for me next week, but we'll have some chats that we share from the ACC football kickoff at Fast Lane Ed Lane where you listen to podcasts. One of which, Brett Friedlander, SaturdayRoad.com writer and a friend of ours. Uh, A couple of interesting nuggets on where the ACC fits in this and the belief that while they're not exactly in the perilous state of the Pac-12, it doesn't mean they don't have a bit of a leadership void. I think the ACC has got a serious leadership void. I think they've got a real problem. And it, it, it's not just because of the Northwestern situation. Okay, part one from Brett Friedlander. I mean, you're going to make a big opinion, which he does. What do you exactly mean by a leadership void? It, it's almost like he's clinging to a system that, that is gone. It's dead. And, and you have to look forward rather than backwards. I mean, he made one comment that really just kind of just made me take, you know, took my breath away. He said that, you know, are we going to chase a dollar figure or are we going to chase success? Brett Friedlander of SaturdayRoad.com. And, of course, the full chat will be coming up at Fast Lane, Ed Lane, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll be plugging it, of course, on our social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, as we'll be dropping multiple chats from the ACC football kickoff over the next couple of weeks. But he's right. It's 100% correct. That that was the biggest takeaway I had as well from Jim Phillips, the ACC commissioner, speaking, because you've got someone who is clinging to the, should you call it antiquated? I don't think it's far-fetched to say that. The antiquated model of playing for State U, and that's it. And again, I've never faulted student-athletes for going after name, image, and likeness when and name, image, and likeness money or actual flat-out legitimate endorsement money, for that matter, because coaches for years could tell the student-athlete in high school, hey, sign with us as a transfer, but more likely as a high school player, and we'll be able to help you realize your dreams. And then everybody signs, and that's when the coach ends up leaving because everybody is bound to the agreement. It's kind of shady, skeezy business. And I understand there's a group of, uh, often it's older folks out there that maybe they did that in their own business, and they're fine with that tactic. But I'm fine with the labor force now where you can buck against that and you have to think better or else you're not going to retain much less attract talent, and it's going to put you in a perilous spot. And that's where it goes counter Jim Phillips comments, what we just said to start the fast lane about the Yahoo Sports exclusive, that a group of name, image, and likeness collectives releasing an athlete revenue sharing plan that incorporates TV money, which of course favors the SEC schools and the Big Ten schools, and the SEC and NCAA officials have apparently met with some of these collectives about the model, uh, but, but, but it favors those schools. Because they have more TV revenue, which means they can give more to players. And oh, by the way, with TV revenue, you can direct your alumni and boosters to direct their donations to the players. And it further widens the gap. And it's why Brett Freelander was spot on in further elaborating that not only is Jim Phillips, in the immortal words of our guys, Daryl Hall and John Oates. Out of I'm out of but also the fact that the ACC as a conference needs him now more than ever. To step up, and instead of allowing a leadership void to take place, be forward-thinking. Without any bucks, you're playing on a field that is not even close to being level, and you can't compete if the field is not level, or at least in the zip code of being level. And he's not wrong. And yes, we'll share the full interview with SaturdayRoad.com's Brett Friedlander at Fastlane Edlane, where you listen to podcasts, and the links will be up on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Fastlane Edlane, there as well. But He's right. Not only are the SEC and NCAA officials meeting with collectives, I would presume they're from the SEC, as Yahoo Sports has got the story, but a step further. The idea, and this is according to CBS Sports, uh, and Bud Elliott, we had him on a couple of days ago, that's also up Fast Lane, Ed Lane, where you listen to podcasts, and his colleague Chip Patterson talking about the idea that there are a couple of ACC schools, (coughs) Florida State, (coughs) Clemson, among others, uh, who are looking at this model as well and seeing it as the future. Well, if those schools are seeing it, and proposing the concept and idea. And the ACC's not on board. Again, it makes it more difficult for schools like Florida State, Clemson, or we'll throw the other five from the Magnificent Seven, NC State, North Carolina, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Miami into that mix, that if they want to compete on a different level, laugh about Virginia and certainly Virginia Tech and Miami in recent years because they haven't really competed. But if you have the grandiose desire to do that, then you need to have, in the immortal words of our guy, Kenny Powers,
1: dollar, dollar bills, y'all, to
0: actually be able to pull that off. But if you want more dollar, dollar bills, y'all, in your own pocket, it's easy. It's not as complex as the mind-banging that goes on when it comes to this type of topic. It's just shopping at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Limited season left for the Lynchburg Hillcats, so shop now. Get your general admission or reserve tickets with a $10 food voucher at InsaneRadioDeals.com. It's hot out there. Why in the world would you want to be outside during the hot day? Hillcats games are in the evening when it's cooled off a bit, but you still need things to do during the hot day. See quest of Lynchburg experiences. They also wait for you at InsaneRadioDeals.com. Now, we shift gears, a chance to share a chat with a former Virginia Tech Hokie, Brian Hudson, now offensive lineman for the Louisville Cardinals. We spoke with him earlier this week about his time in Blacksburg and why leave for Louisville. Looking ahead to the start of the upcoming season with former Virginia Tech Hokie, now Louisville Cardinals offensive lineman. He is a native of Kentucky, in case you're wondering. And now he is part of the exclusive club, the Honeydew Club. Brian Hudson, Louisville Cardinals offensive lineman. Have you started to get a grasp of what you are now into as a merry man?
1: Yes, a little bit. You know, that, that Honeydew list has gotten a little bit longer, you know, uh, this summer. But, um... You know, it's been awesome. Me and my wife have been together for a long time. So, uh, you know, to be able to finally get married and uh, take that step in our life has been huge.
0: So for you, you are now in the Honeydew Club. Have the chores somehow magically grown?
1: Yes, (laughs) they they definitely have. Fall camp is about to come up in the season, so we'll see, you know, if I can uh, get some of that done. But yeah. (laughs) For
0: you as a player, how much have dating, engagement, now marriage, shaped where you are in terms of maturity and what you want to get out of your football journey, including this upcoming season.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, it's been huge for me, obviously, you know, we've been together for just over eight years now. So, um, she's been a part of, of my life and my career, athletic, uh, career for, for obviously a long time. And so, um, just having that kind of stability has really helped me out a lot. And, just that maturity aspect and being able to grow as a person and, um, both in my relationship and just individually as well as on the field. So uh, she's played that vital part for me. And, uh, you know, now that I'm thinking about the future and things like that, wrapping up my college career after this season. So, um, you know, being able to have that, opportunity to have a financial stability and uh, and to make money at the next level is, is big for me
0: now of course there are virginia tech fans in our backyard who would be curious about your wedding and if there were any of your teammates in blacksburg that were there whether it was as attendees or roles what can you share what are you comfortable sharing with <laughs> us about that
1: yeah there, there. uh I, i'm still very close with uh, several of my buddies that i roomed with and were close with at virginia tech and uh yeah i was a uh, Two summers ago, I think, or, or last summer, I mean, uh, I was in Jesse Hanson's wedding. Uh, I attended that over in uh, near Virginia Beach, and Jesse and uh, his wife, as well as Parker Clements and uh, and his girlfriend, they came over to, to my wedding and were able to come to that and spend some time with me there. So, um, but yeah, I, I still have a great relationship with them and I'm very close with them. So I'm looking forward to seeing them this season.
0: Brian Hudson with us here in the fast lane you mentioned it you're seeing virginia tech this season the new acc schedules make that a little bit easier Mm -hmm. a lot has changed since you transferred from virginia tech to louisville i mean gosh we've gotten through the covid pandemic we're now here um in 2023 is there any ill will toward virginia tech or is just part of the journey in the process
1: yeah it's just part of the journey i would i wouldn't trade that experience for anything you know i love blacksburg i love virginia tech the school and the football program obviously there's a lot of history there and uh you know i i talked to talk to those guys quite a bit um uh, but yeah, I'm just I'm excited to finally see them again, and uh, when they come up to to play us at, at Louisville here this season, and uh, but yeah, I, I like I said, I love Virginia Tech Blacksburg, the town, and everything. You know, that's definitely something that I miss and uh, will cherish. You know, for sure.
0: For you also, you leave Virginia Tech to go to Louisville. How much of it is the home state connection? Being from Kentucky and now playing for a school in Kentucky that made that an appealing decision for you
1: yeah that that definitely played a part in it there was a you know several things that that led to that decision for me to for me to transfer and to head back to louisville but that that was definitely a a big piece of it for sure what
0: are you comfortable sharing about the factors that when you don't have to share everything i know there are a multitude (laughs) of factors but what are things that really outside of being able to go home that that piqued that interest to go back to louisville
1: yeah it was uh it was uh right towards the end of COVID is uh that, that 2020 season is when that when I decided to do that so uh like I said there were several things it was kind of a long story of of uh things that happened and obviously it was a whole new coaching staff that was uh that was there when I was there the um, uh not the previous one that's here now with coach pry so um those guys aren't there anymore but you know it was it was uh just I don't know it was a long story so I don't know if it's <laughs> for the for the radio show if we have time for that but
0: sure but yeah. i mean whatever you're comfortable sharing and again this isn't a gotcha you it's your your, call no, right, where right. your comfort level is no
1: yeah it was just uh you know th- there were several things throughout the season that um that or throughout in the off season and through the season that uh just you know somewhat of a lack of opportunity and things like that things of that nature that kind of led to that decision and uh along with like you said coming back and having the opportunity to play for an in-state school from where I'm from and be a little bit closer to home, uh, you know, just that kind of thing was kind of what helped lead to that. Brian Hudson
0: with us here, and you mentioned, obviously, you're still friends with a lot of folks from your time at Virginia Tech, and you you referenced the, the word opportunity. One thing that's jumped out, at least from my observations, is that at Louisville, the versatility, you can play different positions. How much has that been something you've wanted, especially because... A lot of guys when you get the opportunity at the next level if that's something you want to pursue is the ability to play multiple positions.
1: Right yeah that's been huge for me and something that I valued uh, and made sure that I wanted to make myself available to be able to play all those positions and you know wherever the team needs me I can be step into that role and uh, so that's been something that I've taken pride in throughout my college career and something that obviously is very vital at the next level like you said so um, just being able to to step into any role that the team needs and uh, be there for them is what um, helps you, keep you on the team, you know, especially at the next level as far as roster spots go and uh, just makes you more valuable. So that's been very important.
0: Last question as we wrap things up with Brian Hudson, Louisville Cardinals offensive lineman, who's with us in the fast lane. You do have Virginia Tech on the schedule this year. You're looking forward to playing them.
1: Oh, absolutely! Yeah, they uh, they come up to Louisville this year, so I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the some of my friends and you know the guys that I have relationships with and spend a lot of time with uh, and still call you know they're still brothers to me and uh, I'm excited about it. So and then fun. I would
0: imagine also the ability to take some of those experiences of being connected to them and. I would guess what being connected to your lineman at Louisville and how that's helped you elevate your game there.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, being able to have both of those connections and, and all that kind of meet, meet and come to fruition this year will be, will be pretty special.
0: Brian Hudson, offensive lineman for the Louisville Cardinals, versatile offensive lineman, <laughs> and married man, part of that's the right. Honeydew Club with us here <laughs> in the Fast Lane. Brian, congratulations on the wedding and the opportunities that lie ahead, and we don't say this lightly, best of health to you this season as well.
1: Thank you. I really appreciate you.
0: That's Brian Hudson, the former offensive lineman for Virginia Tech, who's now with the Louisville Cardinals. And we spoke with him a couple of days ago at the ACC football kickoff. And we'll have some more interviews, by the way, from the event at Fast Lane Ed Lane where you listen to podcasts coming up over the next handful of days. That one is interesting, though, and mostly in the sense, and the big takeaway from that, again, is that it seems like I don't think he has any ill will towards Brent Pry in the current staff because there's not a lot of, a lot of knowledge about Brent Pry and the current staff. It is, if you're a Hokey fan that is looking for one more reason to criticize Justin Fuente, it probably gives you one more reason to criticize Justin Fuente. The other shoe on the other foot of Virginia Cavalier leaving to go within the conference, we had a candid conversation. No, truly, it was fairly candid. With Brennan Armstrong, which we'll share with you next after the Fast Five at Five-ish, featuring a little bit more on college sports and a big NASCAR story as well here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app.